Welcome to another edition of Hanging With. That's right. I'm your boy, Harbaugh Harge, representing the 254, and of course, the 512, right here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. Make sure you hit us up with uh, all your questions. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, follow, and do everything that you're supposed to do to make sure that you are a part of what we're doing here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Harge. You can follow Texas Sports on Twitter at TS Unfiltered on Twitter and at Texas Sports Unfiltered on Instagram. We got a lot to get into. We got to recap the Major League Baseball action last night as the Houston Astros travel to the Gilf, where it's a home away from home for them. And I'll get into that in just a minute. And they go up and defeat the Texas Rangers eight to five. Mad Max uh, just was mad because he wasn't at his max last night. And Christian Javier continues to do amazing things. Jose Altuve made it his home again. And the Astros, who we didn't think was going to lay down, decided to go out there and get that road win. I've been giving you all the numbers about them on the road. So that was exciting. Uh, we'll get into that action at a party last night for Partnerships for Children, and I'll give you some information about that as well. And then we're also going to talk a little WNBA, some college football. I know, kind of crazy, right? Your boy over here talking about WNBA. There was a championship that was given out, and I think we need to address that as well. With all that and more, and we will touch on the Texas Longhorns as they get ready to take on, excuse me, the Houston Cougars in H-Town. This Saturday, three o'clock. And I want to make sure that we break that down because there's some love that needs to be given. I know some recognition is being given right now, but I think we don't give enough love to this young man because there was a lot of, uh, I don't know, apprehension, I guess you would say, on what was going to happen when you end up losing uh, some players that we did from last year's team. But I told y'all it's going to be all right. Everything going to be all right. But once again, I'm your boy, Harbaugh Harch. Thank y'all for tuning in. I know it's got you got a lot to get into, and so I'm going to get into it. Last night at the Guild, the Texas uh, Rangers were looking to take a 3-0 lead against the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros, a team that plays very well on the road, and we've been documenting that the entire time. They didn't let you down. Astros fans, there was a lot that was happening. Your team came through for you. It was quite impressive when you start to think about it. Christian Javier continued to throw the ball well. Uh, he went five and two-thirds innings, two runs, three hits, and he pushed his scoreless uh, streak to 20 and a third innings, which has been big for you guys. I'm not going to lie to you. You needed that type of performance, and during the postseason, he's always been able to show up. So you should be thankful for that. As for Rangers fans, there's a lot to desire, and I know that there was a lot of people that were kind of questioning the fact if Mad Max was going to be able to go out there and pitch, let's be honest with you. Uh, Mad Max hadn't pitched in 36 days. So what did you think you were going to get? As we left yesterday, I told you, I said, the one thing you need to look and see is if he has his breaking ball. We know what a fastball can do. He's going to be amped up. He's ready to go. We know what a fastball can look like. But when you get out there and you don't have your breaking ball against a team like the Texas Rangers, you need to make sure, I mean, your team, like the Houston Astros, you need to make sure that you have your best stuff. He didn't have his best stuff. I know Bruce Bochy in the postgame said he thought he did okay, but there's some moments in there that you just knew uh, he was going to try to do too much. Even on his breaking ball early when he hit Jordan in the foot, reason why he hit him in the foot is because that breaking ball wasn't where it needed to be. So there's a lot, if you're a Rangers fan, that you can be excited about. Your team battled Christian Javier, one of the best postseason pitchers in the history of the game. As I said, the only person who was in front of him with the most uh, scoreless inning streak was Christy Matheson. Yeah, unless you're a baseball head, you don't know anything about Christy, Math Christy Matheson. So now you know Christian Javier went out and did what he was supposed to do. The only time that they got kind of roughed up was a little bit when uh, my man Josh Young, who we've talked about before, and how talented he is, was able to put uh, two good swings on the bat and drove the ball out of the park, parking lot. But as we know, this is a team, the Houston Astros, that is, is good on the road. I told you the numbers. And the funny thing about it is Houston is now 7-1 and one at Globe Life Field this season. 
They've made that their playground. And as, I mean, as uh, Ranger fans, now, are you nervous? Are you looking at the numbers and saying, okay, this team gets hot at the right time. They do things that um, you're not used to seeing. So it is uh, it is interesting to see with all these numbers that play in, into effect right now. I want to give a shout-out, too, to my man Chip Brown. He's going to join me in just a little bit. We're going to talk a little Texas football going to talk about this baseball game. I don't want to know about his trip to Tampa because Detroit is is on fire and they have a big game this week against the uh Baltimore Ravens. So I want to see if he's going to continue to ride high with that team. Just wanted to make sure that I let everybody know that he will be joining me in uh just a moment. But I do want to go back to those numbers that I've been telling you about about the Houston Astros and what they've been able to do on the road. They are one of the best road teams in Major League history. They play so much better away from Minute Maid, which is kind of crazy to me. But we always talk about if you can get on the road and make things happen right now. And in, 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 in sports, the, the series doesn't really start until you win on the road. The Texas Rangers won two games on the road. Now the Houston Astros come to the Gilf and they get game uh, the first game at the Gilf. And that's only their second postseason game at the Gilf this year. That's Globe Life Field for those that are wondering why I keep calling it the Gilf. Uh, but tech, uh, the, the Houston Astros had a 630 winning percentage on the road. They have they averaged 5.7 runs a game on the road, and their ERA was a 3.57. Contrast to being at home, they had a 48, uh, yeah, 408. Winning percentage at home, 4.5 runs scored in an ERA of four, 4.23. They played outstanding. They played outstanding on the road. And as I just said, they are 7-1. and one. And the other part about it that is kind of fascinating, too, is the home runs that have been hit on the road. They had 136 home runs that was hit on the road, of, of um, contrast to 96 at home. The run differential was m- plus 153 four on the road and minus 120 at home. So this team is fascinating when it comes to being on the road. And for them to be seven and one, Jose Altuve continues to hit home runs. He had great at bats last night, which was kind of refreshing. If you're an Astros fan, do you feel like you have the momentum now? I don't know. I really don't know on how you can do it. Jose Altuve went two for five last night with the big home run. Uh, Michael Brantley, made an unbelievable catch in a crucial, crucial situation in the bottom of the six. Ball hitting the gap by Adolis Garcia. The Rangers are making a run, and if he gets that ball over his head, he drives in a run, it gets a little bit closer, and he's standing on second base with um, uh, Jonah Hine coming up. So it was a great, great play by Michael Brantley Jr., who's not known for his defense. We, we I call him a professional hitter. But he made an unbelievable play in the gap. And then you look at Leody Tavares, the play that he made on Jordan Alvarez, who hit the ball, stood at home play because he thought he got enough of it. But Leody Tavares making a great play going up on the wall, and he ended up being Sports Center number one, top 10 play. So if you're a Rangers fan, where is your energy at at this time? And if you're an Astros fan, and I know that there's a lot of Astros fans that were kind of worried, but when we when I was at that party last night, people were turned up. Now, I didn't know there were that many Astros fans. Rangers fans were kind of taking it one step at a time. Uh, but with all that being said, we got ourselves a series now. And Dusty Baker post game said that we're not tied yet, but we know that we have this opportunity that's in front of us. So I continue to look at this and say, all right, man. What's next for this squad? Are we looking at something, one of those great comebacks that we talked about with um, the Boston Red Sox coming back to defeat the New York Yankees? Is that possible? Are we headed back to Houston one more time to see if they – they probably don't want to go back to Houston, to be quite honest with you. The, the, The Astros probably don't want to go back to Houston. And I heard it said that somebody probably needs to, they probably need to stay in Arlington and drive down the next morning to be able to play in that game because they don't like playing 
sleeping in their own beds, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Corey Seager for the Texas Rangers didn't have one of his better games. He went 0 for 4 yesterday. Marcus Simeon at the top of that lineup. And that has been the strength of this Texas Rangers team, getting ahead. Getting ahead up to the first inning, 0-0. And then the top of the third, I mean, top of the second, Astros go out there and get three runs in the top of the second, one in the top of the third, and one in the top of the fourth. And then you start worrying about it. But then the seventh, they battle, battle, battle. And they end up walking away with the eight to five win. Uh, Christian Javier, outstanding work again. He did. You can say he didn't have his best stuff, and he'll probably tell you he didn't have his best stuff. But he was effective enough. He was effectively wild to be able to get to that point. He was uh, he was sharp as can be, which was kind of impressive to me, because I didn't know what his his energy level was going to be like. I didn't know exactly how he was going to react being up against it uh, in Arlington. The fans had their red towels going, and it was quite, quite impressive performance. The heart rate was good, um, and everybody continues to talk about that. But when you got a good fastball, the way that he does, the way he rides that fastball, and then he can break it off with that slider, it's impressive. And every time I see him on the mound, he just looks like he's not even worried. But if you were paying attention to the game and the cameras on FS1 was, you know, they were zoning in on a lot of things. Did you notice that he kept looking in the dugout, the Astros dugout, every time he got ready to make a pitch? I wonder what that was about. I mean, you're supposed to be dialed in your focus. Maybe that's your focus because the other night I saw LeClerc the closer for the Texas Rangers, he kept looking up in the stands right before he pitched. And I'm like, where's these guys focus at? But that's why they're playing at an elite level. And I'm not, I'm here talking to y'all about the elite level. So it's going to be kind of fun. You know what else I wanted to talk about? The move that Dusty Baker made. Remember he said he was, I told you uh, at the end of yesterday's show that Dusty Baker had a conversation with Kyle Tucker about moving him around in the lineup. And you wonder, you're like, oh, man, what is he doing? Is this going to work? Is this going to work? Well, it ends up working. Kyle Tucker had great at-bats, went one for two, scored two runs, and was an integral part of the success. Maldonado, Machete, who still trying to figure out why he dyes his hair that color. I don't understand it. But what was he able to do? He's the light-hitting catcher. and He's normally in there for his defense. But he had two big hits yesterday. Drove in uh, two runs. Had an RBI. I mean, I mean, had drove in two runs and scored a run. So he had himself a great game. I think everybody except for Alex Bregman and Michael Brantley got a hit in the Astros lineup. Marcio Dubon playing center field had three hits, was exciting for the Astros. It's just, just wonder how in the heck are they this good on the run? I just don't get it, man. I just don't get it. But again, I don't look too much into it. I don't I don't try to put too much stock in what's going on. Got, uh, Rangers playing at home. Uh, Josh Young being able to swing the bat. Corey Seager's going to be all right. He makes great plays at shortstop. He, he doesn't seem to be rattled. That play in the hole, that backhand where it looked like they were going to get another run, and he backhands it and throws it to Josh Young over at third base. Wow. What a play. What a play. But this is why you get to showcase this type of inf- this uh, type of talent, because those guys are that good. They're back at it tonight, 7 o'clock uh, on FS1, Astros, Rangers. Uh, Jose Yaquiti is going for the Houston Astros. And Andrew Heaney is going to be the starting pitcher lefty for the Texas Rangers. My question is, how do you manage your bullpens now? What is the situation in which you're going to play in? How are you going to play this game moving forward? I don't know. I don't know. But it's going to be fun to watch. There's a lot that's going to be going on tonight as well. The Arizona Diamondbacks will be taking on the Philadelphia Phillies. They start that game on TBS at 4 o'clock Central Time. And the Phillies are all about that base, that base. I'm talking about that baseball power. And they have 19 home runs in the postseason. Now, let's see what they do when they go out to Arizona. Um, 
Arizona's they've got their back up against the wall, so they're going to need to work and be able to get that thing going. But it is going to be a a interesting few days. Astros, I mean, excuse me, the Diamondbacks down 0-2. Now they get to play at home. The Phillies with all that power, but they don't have that fan base that's going to be there because that Philly fan base is off the chain. I was talking to a young lady last night who was she works in media as well. And she said that she used to go to all Philly games. She's from Philadelphia. She's from that area. She said they are the most ravenous group ever. They get fired up every single day. They go crazy every single day for their sports. And Philly baseball is something that they always get fired up for. You know something I need you to get fired up for? Our good friends over at Covert Bee Cave. Covert Bee Cave is nestled on 42 acres in a beautiful hill country. Covert Bee Cave has three new state-of-the-art dealerships carrying seven brands, whether it's a Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. If that's what you're looking for, they got you. In addition to those seven brands, they got Covert Ford in Hutto, and they also have a Ford Lincoln dealership in Austin. The saying is, no one beats a Covert deal, not now, not ever, and I have to agree with them. And if you need to get those cars serviced, go out to Covert BKs because they have 86 service bays. So your wait time will be minimal. Please visit CovertBKs.com for the latest specials and inventory or just stop by and see them today. Make sure you ask for Marcus Washington, either senior or junior, or of course, Ira Clark and tell them my cards from the 254 sent you there because that is where they are from as well. I also want to give a shout out to my man, Tom McKay. What better way for you to be able to watch all your great sports action than doing it on audio visual consultation TVs. Tom McKay and his crew has been doing this since 1988. And whether you want a home theater, a man cave or a woman cave or an outdoor setup or any kind of special lighting, make sure that you take care of that with my man, Tom McKay. You can give him a call at 512-255-8678. Or you can check them out online at avconsultations.com. I told you guys I had a special guest. This is my partner in crime. We we used to rock the airways together. We're also on the board uh, uh, golf committee for partnerships for children. And that's why we were at a party last night. But not only was he at a party, my man got a chance to go to a concert. And he is the one and only Great Hills Brown. What up, C Breezy? There he is. There he is. What's going on? What up, Harge? How you doing, brother? What's going on? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, looks like you had a good time last night, my friend. Oh, uh, yeah. It was a good time. Um, so you old, got a chance old. to watch. You, went, you got a chance to check out Peter Gabriel last night. Was you bringing the sledgehammer? Oh, he was bringing the sledgehammer. He was going big time. <laughs> he was uh, he was singing "In Your Eyes," "Little Red Rain," okay, Salisbury okay. Hill. Oh, you yeah, feeling baby. good? I love it. I love it. Well, Chip, we were talking about Major League Baseball, and I want to get your take on this real quick before we get into Texas Longhorns because I know you got a lot that you've been covering um, as well. But you got a chance to watch some of this game last night, the Texas Rangers. Come up a little bit short. The Astros eight to five. They're seven and one at Globe Life Field. Believe it or not, the Astros are seven and one at Globe Life Field. We've talked about their record away from uh, Minute Maid Park, the Juice Box. What What did you take away from last night's game? I take away that the the Astros are somehow better on the road than they are at home. I don't know what is going on with that. Because I went to that World Series where the Washington Nationals won every single game in Houston. Right. It was nutso. Right. Like, what? I I don't understand it, Harge. Baseball, you know me. I don't understand your crazy (laughs) game. Full of superstitions, stupid stitions. Yup, there it is. There it is. I was waiting for my stupid stitions. All the craziness of baseball. But all I know is it seems like the Rangers and Astros are fighting for the right to get destroyed by the Philadelphia Phillies. 
that buzzsaw that we've been talking about for quite some time. And I said it the other day, and I'm going to continue to say it. The Atlanta Braves pissed off Bryce Harper. And when Bryce Harper gets pissed off, that means everybody around him is pissed off. And they play with their hair on fire. It's unbelievable to watch those guys play. I, I can't believe, like you talk about how hard it is to hit in Major League Baseball. And these yeah. guys are knocking the cover off the ball. Like, they are going deep yeah. all the time at the at the most critical time. That's the part about it. They slow themselves down, and they're so in the moment that they don't hear anything else. They are dialed in. They they For some reason, they know every pitch. They don't look like they're getting fooled. And that's why I've always said, you know, Bryce Harper gets a lot of crap because he's so intense like he's that guy but if he's on your team you want that he's on the other team you get pissed off about it and that's how that's what you need you need those guys that can create an edge every single time and everybody else is living vicariously through them because they're doing it you got Trey Turner dude is got booed halfway through the season but it is Philly got booed halfway through the season they boo Santa Claus in Philly (laughs) But he comes up and comes up big during these moments, and you're just sitting there going, oh, my goodness. Like, you're right. I am I said it at the very beginning of the playoffs. I said, I don't know if I want to play Philadelphia at all. Man, they just look like they are – they're just on a different level. Like, they're on FM and everyone else is on AM, and it's like, just get out of our way. Cause no doubt. We're going to knock you sideways. Well, Chip, I wanted to bring you on, my man Chip Brown. You can follow him at Chip Brown. And, of course, you can follow all his work at Horns247, horns247.com. And, Chip, I wanted to talk to you about this Texas football team. You've been covering this team since I think Daryl K. Royal was here. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) But you've been covering this team for a while. But you sit here, and we're at that halfway point in the season. And you and I talked before the season, and – you, you thought this had a chance to be a really good season for this Texas football team. You go up to uh, the Cotton Bowl, get a little hiccup, but it, they still had an opportunity to win the game where before you're sitting there and you're like, ah, I don't know if they're going to be able to rebound from this. Now we're in a different spot. It's a more mature football team. They actually had a bye week. What were your biggest takeaways from the uh, Texas OU game? And what do you expect coming back for this second half finish by the Texas Longhorns? Well, the thing that that kills you is this offense is underperforming on the scoreboard because. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver. It's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When they get in the red zone, they're not coming away with touchdowns. I mean, they're 123rd of 130 Mm. in terms of touchdowns in the red zone. And that with all this talent, you know, with a running back who's you know, the top power five running back, Jonathan Brooks. You got a quarterback that killed Alabama and Tuscaloosa. You got NFL receivers. You got the first team all big 12 tight end when he's healthy and off productive offensive line. And you're barely averaging more than what you averaged last year because they're not cashing in the red zone and this is a problem that has continued since last year remember tcu first and goal from the two first and goal from the five and they ended up with three points in a in those two trips Bijan robinson didn't touch the ball in either of those goal to go sequences like steve sarkeesian's too good too smart he's got too much talent to be coming away with the field goals and it's it's all about you know figuring out what your team does well right and then hammering that in practice so that when they get in those situations everybody knows what they're doing 
it doesn't matter if the defense knows what you're doing. We're going to execute it better than they can defend it. And they're going to, you know, come away with touchdowns, not field goals. They got them against Oklahoma. First and goal from the one, they get nothing. And that's, you hope that Texas can win out, play OU again, hope that OU's undefeated so that it's a massive top five showdown when they meet again. And it matters like Ohio State, Penn State matters this week or Oregon, Washington mattered last week. Like Texas had the showcase games early. They had the game at Alabama. They had the OU game. Now they're playing a bunch of teams. We don't even know who they are in the Big 12. Like one minute tech you know coming into the season looks looks good then tech's getting beat by everybody k state you know looks good one second loses to oklahoma state oklahoma state like what what is oklahoma state suddenly they're kind of getting it going we thought right. kansas might be good kansas loses games we're not you know it's like the but the bottom line is None of those games sitting on Texas's schedule, other than a rematch with OU, is going to grab the attention of college football. And so they need now no margin for error. They need OU to win out. They need to win out. Yep. And there can be no hiccups. And it's all because this offense couldn't get it in from, you know, first and goal from the one. I mean, it's like, you're with, you know, the woman of your dreams and she wants you and you're like, I can't make it happen. Coming up a little short. I Coming mean, up a little short. <laughs> you can't do that, Harge. You got you got to show up and show out when you get those opportunities, right? That too. Everybody wants to hit pay dirt, if you know what I mean. So you got to try to figure that out. So Jeff, figure it out, baby. Yeah, you got to figure it out. We're talking like our man, Norman Norman Watkins. You know what I mean? Wearing his Louis Vuitton cologne. Hey, you got to make sure because when you smell good, they feel good. You know what I'm talking about? Smell good, feel good, play good, play good, play good. We're talking to my man, C Breezy. Go, Great Hills Brown, joining me right here. We're hanging with hard. You know, you brought up something just a little while ago about, um, Jonathan Brooks and where he ranks nationally. And I was going to do a little story about him today. You know, this is a guy that when I, you and I were actually still working together when Jonathan Brooks came to the 40 acres and we were having conversations about where he's, you know, Hallettsville, is he going to be able to do it? But you got guys like Bijan and Rojo. Then you have some other backs that were here before he got here. But I was looking at some of the numbers every single year. He put up decent numbers in 2021. He was he had 21 carries, but still averaged 6.8 yards per carry with a with with a long of 25. In 22, he had 30 carries. He averaged 6.7 yards per carry with a 70-yard touchdown against Kansas. And then you sit here, and now he's averaging 6.7 yards. He's already at 726 yards on the season, and he he got a big play, another 67-yard long run. I mean, this guy always, anytime he got the ball, he did something explosive. And for us to come into the season, not us, because I believe you and I were were really high on Jonathan Brooks, but they kept pushing C.J. Baxter, which C.J. Baxter is going to be great. I get it. I understand. But you got a guy that's been in this system for quite some time, and all he does is give you positive yardage. Are you shocked by what we've seen so far with this Doak Walker, I would say, award winner coming up again yeah i mean his explosive run rate is higher than Bijan robinson's was mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. and you know you talk about he had the 54 he had a 67 yard run and a 54 yard touchdown run in the same game yeah you know 40 yard touchdown run i mean this guy every every four plus carries is going to get you a run of 15 yards or more. And that's another reason that like they're playing Houston this week and the game plan should be the Kansas game plan. When they ran it 51 times for 336 yards, they held the ball for 39 minutes and 40 seconds. 
and kept, you know, it wasn't Jalen Daniels, it was Jason Bean, but kept that Kansas offense that can get kind of hot, kept it off the field. Like Houston, Donovan Smith, he's he's beaten Texas before. Yes. He beat him last year at Texas Tech. He's a big dude. He's 6'5", 241. He's hard to bring down. He can sling it. He can get hot. He just beat West Virginia on a Hail Mary. Yeah. Don't let him be on the field. Just Keep him run off. the ball. Control the ball. You got Jonathan Brooks. Jonathan effing Brooks. <laughs> the pride of Hallettsville. Just got his, got his jersey, jersey retired. Yeah. Just got to retire. Yeah. Number 25. Yeah. His brother Jordan wore it at Hallettsville. So they got a twofer. <laughs> and Harge, he said he asked for number 25 at Texas, and they said, no, you can have 24. Like, Jeez. he doesn't even know. Like, 24 means nothing to him. <laughs> but he's making it mean something. I was going to say, he's else. making it mean something. Like, Jonathan Brooks, this dude. I, yeah, you and I were all over Jonathan Brooks. Like, I was stunned, honestly. Like, C.J. Baxter is going to be a good player. Yep, he, no doubt. He is a good player. Yep. And he's thick. Like he's grown man thick already as a freshman. But Jonathan Brooks is a different dude. I mean, he reminds me of Priest Holmes. Woo. Priest Holmes for those like that. back in the day. That's good. He runs, you know, Bijan ran a ton of outside zone, which is, you know, a difficult play if you don't block it right. But Bijan Robinson has such good feet, he could make people miss. He'd make something out of nothing. With Jonathan Brooks, they're running a lot of split zone, a lot of inside zone, a lot of gap runs, and it yeah. doesn't matter. This dude makes something happen. And I think you got to really figure it out in the red zone with him. I don't know if it's more, you know, run pass option with Quinn Ewers. I don't know if it's Savion red zone. I don't know. But Jonathan Brooks is the answer he's the truth he can catch it come on steve sarkeesian no doubt i was sitting here looking at it while you were talking about it. i was like you know he's had 39 miss uh forced missed tackles as well and 460 yards after contact and add that with the four straight 100 yard game so yeah i'm with you on that man it's just it's one of those things where i i think sark gets bored sometimes because he likes to try to push the ball down the field. But I will give him some credit. He did, even last year against Kansas, when Bijan ran the ball a ton of times. He wasn't afraid to, hey, I can't, he don't have it today. Quinn doesn't have it today. So I'm going to go ahead and run this thing. And the, the p- proof is in the pudding. So I agree with you on that. I want to flip over to the other side of the ball real quick. And that defense, you know, they've had some leaks in the back end. And I know that Jalen Catalan is everybody's uh, favorite, but Jalen Catalan, to me, has been a little bit of a liability. Yes, he's had some splash plays. He's come in and had some big hits. But if you look at some of the plays that are happening down the field and he's on the field, he's more of a run stopper. He's not that that free safety. You and I talked about Derek Williams before. I think Derek Williams is going to get a lot more opportunities to play in that back end. But what do you see as Texas needs to shore up to make sure that they don't have those leaks back there? You know, I didn't like that they had him play so off the ball. I didn't either. At the end of the OU game, it's like let let twelve yards. Malik Muhammad was twelve yards off the wide receiver. Yeah, you can't ball arms jam him. That right. That's why Jaleel Farouk. That's why he missed the tackle. Yeah, he was so far off of him that he didn't. You know, he couldn't like. Yeah. He, he wasn't tackling the catch. Right. He was having to make a big-time open field tackle. Well, that's because he's playing so far off the ball. Like, come on, man. Play – be aggressive. Play your normal defense. Don't be giving Jaleel Farouk 12 yards a cushion. I mean, right. that's, that's too much. So, I think the coaches hamstrung the players a little bit. And then when OU, you know, started hitting – in chunk plays, it it became, uh-oh. And then, you know, in that last sequence down at the goal line where Nick Anderson's in motion and, and Derek Williams 
is supposed to pass them off and it's in the OUM of the cotton bowl and David yeah, Bender hear. didn't hear them or, yeah. you know what I mean? So they just need to get their communication together. Cause I agree. I think Derek Williams is going to be special. He's fast. He's smart. He knows what to do. Um, Ryan Watts, they need him because he's such a good tackler. Yes. He just doesn't, he yeah. doesn't give up a lot after the catch. And, and so, you know, Malik Muhammad's going to be a really good player. Yeah, and, he's got an NFL skill set, man. Yeah. But let him play. I mean, don't, you know, don't be afraid. Oh, no, we can't get burned deep. Malik Muhammad's not going to get burned deep. Let him play tight coverage. You know, I would have brought a zero blitz on the very first play of that drive just to, you know, set the tone, kind of like they did on the, the play that oh you ended up scoring the touchdown on yep. the pressure almost got to Dylan Gabriel and then he just rose up you know and like he knew where Nick Anderson was going to be through it and sure enough that's all Nick Anderson does is catch touchdowns though you know what I mean <laughs> that's all he does is catch touchdowns. well he better keep doing it yeah he's gonna have to we need him to keep even, doing it even with that stupid Danny Stutzman t-shirt that Brent Venables I didn't know Brent Venables was a T-shirt model. Hey, Brent Venables can do whatever he wants because he had to wear that 49 to nothing for a whole year. And now he got that dub. And so he's letting everybody know that he's back in the game. Let me tell you about somebody that will get you back in the game. I want to talk to you about my friends over at Four Roofs TX. Go to the number four Roofs TX for all your roofing needs. Texas has some crazy weather. And I know a lot of people got busted up uh, with that hail. And make sure you give my friends over at Four Roofs a chance to come out there and take care of it. It's a locally owned company that understands the area. They have over 15 years of experience, affordable pricing, and quick response time. I know these guys personally. My man Chip Brown's got the Four Roofs on the hat, and he's making things happen. Give them a call at 512-520-5884. That's 512-520-5884. Or go to the number four roofs tx.com chip i want to talk to you about some of the players on this team you had you had an opportunity to talk to sark the other day and you asked him about anthony hill and what he likes about this young man where he is in the game and uh there's a couple other guys that you brought up david benda who's been playing some really good football the one player that i need to see a little bit more of is ethan burke Ethan Burke at the very beginning of the season was getting to the quarterback. He was in the backfield and every, we thought this was about to be a breakout. Well, they kind of changed some things up and he's not getting home. Like to your point of almost getting to the quarterback and they're not getting there. What are you see from some of these young people and what are you like? Yeah. Ethan Burke is playing through a knee injury. And so he's not been the same player um, there are a lot of this, this bye week came at a good time. We'll see how many guys can get healed up. Kelvin Banks has been playing with a bad ankle. Hayden Connor's been dinged up. Um, yeah. you know, Cole Hudson's coming back from the knee injury against Wyoming, Ryan Watts, his hamstring, Jalen Catalan, calf injury or whatever the hell he's got. But, and did I hear uh, Jake majors practice this last week? I mean, Sark is kind of silly about the injury report. Yeah, he didn't he didn't specify him playing practice. Yeah, he's like, they're all out at practice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hell, I can go out to practice in a boot and a scooter. It don't mean I'm practicing. Hey, and you have done that before. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Tom Herman made fun of me. But screw Tom Herman. Um so you know, I, I mean, Ethan Burke, he's got to get healthy because that dude is a Max Crosby starter kit. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I like that. I like that comp. He's got the he's got that length. He's got that nastiness. And he likes Max Crosby. So I'm like, OK, both of them kind of ginger, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. But yeah, I mean, you know, Baron Sorrell has been good. He's been really good against the run. He's setting the edge. Um but they need to, they need to get through. They need to, they need to get the quarterback, man. Cause, and I think Anthony Hill needs to play more. 
Like he gave up that 62 yard touchdown run against Wyoming, but you know what? I got to live with his mistakes because he's, he's an eraser. He just played his best game against Oklahoma. Yeah. Like that was his best game. He was everywhere. Sideline to sideline. Sideline to sideline. He picked up Tawi Walker and body slammed him. That dude's 5'9", 216. And Anthony Hill's like, and he was almost past him. That's the funny part. He was almost past him, and he grabbed him and turned him around to throw him on the ground. So, yeah, yeah. that like he was on fire. And so I got to live. I got to live with Anthony Hill's mistakes because that dude, he wants it. And he's he's a difference maker. I mean, yeah. we saw him in the Alabama game. Big, big third down sack. Almost got a celebration penalty walking all the way over to the Alabama fans like yeah 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 I love it and you're right you know Derek Johnson was on with me uh and I asked him about Anthony Hill specifically because he's getting a chance to work with the linebackers and spend some time with them and he said man you gotta let that dude just go I know he, he you know he doesn't always stay in his gap assignments but he said, hell, I didn't stay in my gap assignments half the time. So just let him go and get everything figured out because he is somebody else that I, I'm really excited about. In the secondary, I'm really excited about Terrence Brooks. I think he's getting better and better every opportunity that he's getting. I mean, he's got the pedigree with his dad, obviously, uh, Chet Brooks. But the way that he goes about it, he's another guy that can tackle in, in space. He's a big guy, so he makes plays. On the offensive side of the ball, I wanted to come over there because we didn't get a chance to talk about Quinn Ewers. You know, at the very beginning, you and I, I told you, I said the one thing I hate about him is his footwork. He doesn't, he doesn't get his foot, his feet set. He trusts that arm so much that he thinks that he can just get it to wherever he wants. He's gotten better. You can see the progression with him. Do you expect him to take another step in these uh, next six games? Because I believe – He's going to be a key to to if they win some of these games that they probably are not playing their best. Uh, we all know about Jonathan Brooks, and I know that both of us think that they need to lean on him. But Quinn is going to have to make some plays. What are your thoughts on where he is as a quarterback right now? Yeah, he's he's a interesting study because he he played so well against Alabama, and the, and that was a crazy atmosphere, crazy, and. I'll I'll never forget him on the field after the game celebrating with Texas fans saying, it's time, it's time. He just kept saying that over and over again. And I'm like, okay, this is that John Wick mentality he's been talking about. <laughs> like yeah. when Ewers says, it's time, let's go. And, and then he comes out against Oklahoma. And Oklahoma knew they were running that double glance. They ran the route for A.D. Mitchell, Xavier Worthy was wide open, but Quinn, Quinn's got to see that. He's got to feel that. Like the whole defense adjusted as soon as Texas, you know, went to the line. Great job by Brent Venables. They knew it. They smelled it. Sark loves to run the double glance and wham. I mean, interception, second play of the game. and. (laughs) Suddenly, Dylan Gabriel's running into the end zone. You're like, oh, shit. You Nobody know? even sat down yet. Right. Nobody got to their seats. Right. And so now yours has to get, like, he finished the game unbelievable. 26 of 28 completions, 19 straight. He's slinging it all over the place. But the two interceptions on the first two drives, the fumble, yep. those proved to be big mistakes. especially the interception on the first, you know, possession. So he just got to, he's just got to get cleaner and he's got to get into rhythm faster because when he's rolling and the Texas offense is rolling kind of like, I mean, the Baylor game, Kansas game, they, they got it rolling and put it away. We just need to see a complete game. And I'm looking at this Houston game, Harge, because Houston has the worst scoring defense in the Big 12, one of the worst in college football. They're giving up the run. They're giving up the pass. They're giving up the booty. They're giving it all up. They're giving it all up. So go get it. <laughs> it like This has got to be the got first it. game that Texas goes for 50. Yeah. Like if, if Tech is going to put 49 on Houston – 
then Texas needs to go for 50. Hell, I think Rice put 40 on them too. Rice put 40 on them too. Yeah. And Texas has hit 40 once against right. Kansas. Come on, man. With yeah. all this talent, with all this offensive talent. Like, what do you think it is? What do you think it is? Like it's the red zone. Yeah. It's, it's 24 trips there with 11, 11 touchdowns or something like that. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Dude, it hurts. <laughs> I mean, it hurts. Like it's so you, 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 you can't, you almost can't believe it. Like you and I were talking to Quan Cosby at the uh, cover three partnerships for children event. And he's like one time <laughs> in my four years at Texas, did we have first and goal and not get in? And it was when Colt got hurt yes. on the goal line against K state. Yep. That was the game where Jevin Sneed RIP came in and Josh Freeman yep got drafted that day got drafted that day he got he got drafted that day that's the that's i used to say Josh Freeman should have to make donations to the Longhorn Foundation for that game film that got him drafted that night <laughs> he's throwing it to Yaman Figures yep, yep. Yaman Figures got drafted that night I, mean, I think there was a locket on that team, too, if I'm not mistaken. There was probably a locket on that team. A locket, <laughs> probably a Sproles. Yeah, no I doubt. I mean, it was, it was crazy. So, yeah, I mean, they got to they gotta, they gotta score touchdowns in the red zone because if they're scoring touchdowns instead of uh, field goals, they're, you know, like I said, 123rd out of 130. Yep. They're only converting 48% of their red zone trips into touchdowns. Kansas State has been in the red zone 27 times. They got 23 touchdowns. Wow. Texas wow. has been in the red zone 24 times. They got 11 touchdowns. 11. Ridiculous, to be That's quite not honest. It's going to work, Arch. Well, especially when, you're, when your ultimate goal is to play for a big 12 championship and possibly into the college football playoffs. So yeah, you are 100% correct. The one thing, and you and I were talking about this last night, well, where's the whip route? Why haven't we seen that? There's some opportunities that you have drawn up and had success in the past. It's okay to go back to use the same script. Every yeah, you haven't used while. it in a right. year. Right. Nobody No, It's not like they're prepared for it because you don't show it on film every single week. And you're right. If they can't get in the red zone and it's 24 times and you're only getting 11 touchdowns, that's a major problem. But I did like the fact that Sark took ownership of it. He said it's not just the players. It's got to be with the play callers as well. And I am the play caller. So, therefore, I got to make sure that I get that taken care of. I wanted to ask you this, too, man. You sit and you think about this game and what's going on. And the Texas Longhorns are going up against a tough, tough team. And they need to figure this out. And I'm not saying a tough team. I'm talking about the tough team is them. What can they do to get this thing figured out? I think you've got to – it's a mindset. Right. You know, Sark thinks vertically. And I was talking to a coach about, about the mindset in the red zone. And then in the red zone, you got to think leverage, you know, either on the outside or horizontally – You've got to, you know, think of the run game. So right. either run pass option or your best running play or spread out the defense and get that matchup, whether it's a whip route to Xavier Worthy or, you know, some kind of power play with Jonathan Brooks. I don't know that you need to have a bunch of defensive tackles as fullbacks. <laughs> because that's not what those guys do every day in practice. Right. Like I need a guy who knows how to block like Malik Agbo. I need to be running behind him. I I, I love Byron Murphy and I love Tavondre Sweat. Those dudes are monsters and they're a big part of why this Texas defense is so good. But those guys don't block. Right. Every day in practice. I need guys who are doing stuff that they practice every day. It's like in basketball, Harge. You were an AAU coach. Yep. Royce O'Neal hates you because <laughs> you benched him. The guy's in the NBA now. But 
That's a dang coaching mistake. <laughs> That's a dang coaching mistake. You needed to play him more. But in basketball, man, you 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 take shots in a game that you practice all practice long. Right. And in football, I need guys blocking down in the red zone who are blocking every day in practice. Yeah. Not That's guys who are trying to tackle. Every day in practice. Or give him practice. a ball one time. I know you threw him a pass, but give him a ball. I don't think anybody's going to stop Tabondre Sweat from getting two yards. I know that. But he might fumble the football, so that might be something that he was thinking about. Yeah, we don't want to put him in that position. Right. I agree. I agree. I don't need him fumbling, losing confidence. He's a he's a he's the top rated defensive tackle in college football, according to Pro Football Focus. So let's just let Tavandre Sweat do what he do. Make it do what it do. One of the things I want to make it do what it do is I want to ask you about your uh, Detroit Lions, bro. That's your squad. That's the team that you've been uh, you've been you've been uh, you've been following them for a while because you're from Michigan. You have had the ups, the downs, the highs and the lows of that organization. And now you are starting to enjoy the fruits of the labor. You got a chance to go to Tampa this past weekend to watch them defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the Baker Baker moneymaker at quarterback. But you got a big, big game this week against the Baltimore Ravens. When is the last time that you thought that you had a conversation about the Detroit Lions in a big game against a team that is that got Super Bowl aspirations. I mean, they played the Cowboys in the playoffs. Oh man. Matthew Stafford, the face mask game you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> that was terrible. What was that? They called uh they called, they called my man that. for pass interference. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. so it was so terrible. But now, I mean. I believe I, I think Dan Campbell's connecting with these players. Oh, for sure. Like he played the game. He doesn't, he's not one of these, he's not coming from the mountaintop. He's like, hey guys, I've been in the trenches. Yeah, we're not gonna hit every day, but we need to hit today. Right. And I need you to hit the shit out of each other today. <laughs> right. We gotta get tougher. We gotta get better. And they they're like, okay, all right, yeah. So it it it's cool to see that. To me. That defense, they don't have any superstars on that defense. If they do, it's Brian Branch, the rookie, and he's out. Yep. yep. And Aiden Hutchinson, he's hurt. I can tell he was limping around the field. You know, guys are playing through injuries. Amon Ross St. Brown's playing through an oblique injury, just like Christian McCaffrey has. Let's see if McCaffrey, who's got the big money, yep. McCaffrey can say, ooh, no, I don't feel quite right. Yep. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown's trying to get that money. He's still on his rookie contract. So he's out there balling, catching 12 passes with an oblique injury. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, and Jared Goff. Thank you. Thank you. I was wondering if he was going to go there. That's the story, Harge, because this dude is the leader. He's the tip of the spear. He's got them believing. And he carries himself like, I've been to the Super Bowl. And he has. Yep. You know, I'm sure he was like, uh uh-oh. I'm getting traded for Matt Stafford. I'm going to the Lions. I'm going to the Rams to the Super Bowl. Yep. And then Stafford goes and wins a Super Bowl. Yeah. But now you take Jared Goff over Matt Stafford. Like he's playing that well. Yep. And he's connected to these receivers, man. Like Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds is underrated. That dude makes catches. And Jameson and Williams Stam- is back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jameson and the tight end Laporte. Laporte yeah, is a good Laporta. tight end too. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. I mean, they got weapons. And David Montgomery, he, we got to get him right because he's been really good. He's got an elbow or something. But man, they just believe. And that defense, like I said, they're like they're they're playing better than they are. Yeah. I know like, that they're getting coached and they're they're playing as a team. They're they're the sum of their parts are better than their individual parts. Yeah. Because, you know, as that's dude, just, he's a fast guy in coverage. He's really good in coverage. Like I was talking to John Brown, John Brown's like, I'm Like, you know, John's like, Hey, what's this as guy all about? And I'm like, 
he covers like a DB. That's what he's all about. <laughs> exactly. Like he is sideline to sideline. You know, you don't want him right in the middle of everything. You want him running all over the place, covering, getting, you know, busting up screens. He's their Jade Baron, you know? Yeah. Love that. Love so. that. Chip, I want to thank you, man. I knew I, I knew I could count on you. I wanted to sit, talk with you and catch up. And, you know, I had to bring you on to talk about your Detroit Lions because I've been with you. What do you call it? A long-suffering Lions fan. Long-suffering. <laughs> what curse I mean, of Bobby, Bobby Lane. Lane put a cor- put a curse <laughs> on the Lions in 57. Or 50. He got he won it all in 57. He got traded in 58. Yeah. And that's when he put the curse on. That's when he put the curse on. That curse, 50-year curse, should have been over in 2008. <laughs> we're in year 65 of the Bobby Lane curse. We're we're in we're in year 65 of the 50-year Bobby Lane curse. You're you're in the Medicare stage of the Bobby yeah. Lane curse. That's that curse is so old, it should be getting ready to keel over and die. <laughs> should be getting Medicare for that curse, man. As always, man, I love chopping it up with you. Great to catch up with you last night uh, at the Partnerships for Children uh, fundraiser event. We've done a great job. You and I have been on that board for quite some time. It's always good to give back to the community. And uh, Katie, Katie Young has done a great job with that entire group. So shout out to Cover 3 Partnerships for Children and Four Roofs. That's right, man, because we're going to be a part of that thing today. So I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, Harsh. Thank you, bro. <laughs> hey. Go get that sledgehammer ready for golf. <laughs> Later, bro. There's my man, Chip Brown. See Breezy. Great Hills Brown doing a great job. Him and Chip and Zay in the afternoons, one to three, sometimes three to five, depending on what day it is. I want to give a shout out to the great Blue Heron Furniture Company. That's right. It's a custom leather furniture company that was started in 1991. They focus on heavy leather, hides, and fabrics ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. And let me just tell you how beautiful this stuff is, folks. It's also the highest quality furniture that you can ever find. You will not and you cannot find a more stylish, more comfortable, and more well-built furniture anywhere out there. There's a link at the bottom of the YouTube page for a video description where it takes you straight to the Texas Sports Unfiltered uh, Sports Collection. And if you use the promo code HOOKEM, you're going to get 15% off of your purchase. If you're looking for Furniture that looks amazing and built to last for decades. Look no further than the great Blue Heron Furniture. You can click on the bottom for the info or you can give them a call at 866-247-9688. That's 866-247-9688. I also want to give a shout out to my friends over at Pest Wranglers. That's right, Pest Wranglers for all your pest control needs. You just go to pestwranglers.com. Pest Wranglers is a locally owned small family business that's been around since 2006. This basic principle of great customer service leads to happy customers. The company was started by the owner who was tired of companies that didn't know how to treat their employees or their customers right. So you know if I'm working with them, you should too. Pest Wranglers services most of the Central Texas area. If you are need, if you help, need help, with mosquitoes, termites, rodent control, ant beds that are in the yard every time it rains, or you need inspections for your commercial or residential properties, please give them a call at 512-670-7808 or go to the website at pestwranglers.com. As I told you, they won't make you sign a contract because they believe if you're a happy customer, you're not going anywhere. They got five-star ratings on Google, Yelp, Angie's List, and every other referral site. I want to thank my man Chip Brown for joining me today to talk a little bit about this Texas Longhorn football team. Don't forget tonight, you got the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros playing again at the Guilf. Uh, First pitch, 7 o'clock. You got NFL football tonight. And you also got the Phillies, that buzzsaw that is doing unbelievable work. Headed out to the Diamondbacks. You can check that game uh, out at uh, on TBS. First pitch, 4 o'clock. Also, before I go, I want to talk about Thursday night football. The Jacksonville Jaguars, 4-2, take on the New Orleans Saints, who are 3-3 in the Big Easy on Amazon Prime. So, like I said at the very beginning of the show, you got a lot to get into tonight. Trevor Lawrence will have to shake his knee injury off, and I have him in my fantasy league, so I'm going to have to find that out. And the New Orleans Saints are trying to – they don't want to lose ground in the NFC South. Derek Carr, Alvin Kamara, uh, Chris Olave, and Michael Thomas – 
and go see what they're getting done. Before I let you go, just remember this. Don't believe everything you see because even salt looks like sugar. Peace. And shout out to Partnerships for Children. Continue to do great work with the kids that are less fortunate that get taken from their homes. They do a great job. If you want to know more, go to partnershipsforchildren.org. That's right. Thank y'all again. And coming up next, of course, is Trey and BK. Take it away, fellas. <laughs>